Well, good morning, everyone. Woo. Now I'm awake. <laughs> Welcome those of you who are here. We're so blessed and honored to have you in our midst. And those of you who are with us on, on uh, our live stream, uh, we miss you and are so blessed that you're worshiping with us uh, on live stream. We're continuing our series this morning on the unimaginable uh, blessings of God. And today we're focusing especially this Father's Day, on unimaginable promise. So I invite you to stand, and let's spend a few moments just worshiping this God who has made unimaginable promises to us. Promise maker, promise keeper, you finish what you begin. Our provision through the desert, you see it through till the end. You see it through till the end. Lord, our God is ever faithful, never changed. Oh, God. 
Good, good father. 
Well, again, a welcome to you. Welcome. Uh, happy Father's Day to uh, the biological fathers. And really, uh, at all of that, we celebrate it for all men. Because whether you are, uh, have biological children, whether you have adopted children, or whether, I was thinking of you, Chris, whether you uh, have adopted a youth group <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, you, uh, you father. You set an example for other people. We are so grateful to God for the men in our lives. Amen? Uh, so happy Father's Day to you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. We are honored and blessed. I honestly can't tell if you're a visitor or not because I'm still getting used to uh, seeing people with masks. But we're trusting that, that God has brought you here for a reason and that he will bless you and minister to you while you're with us. Would you do me a favor? Would you whoop out your phones and... And text your name to 812-457-9509. Uh, Thank you. Beeped off, and all of a sudden I can't remember the phone number. 9509. If you're worshiping with us uh, online, please uh, bless us by doing that. If there's something going on in your life, and there certainly is something going on in every one of our lives, but something that, that you would like others to pray for you about, then... Uh, we just, uh, just want to invite you to jot that down. If God has moved and has answered prayer, maybe in the way that you expected, maybe not in the way you expected, then I invite you to tell us that as well. We'd so love to stay connected and to uh, be a part of each other's lives. Speaking of being a part of each lives, I'm seeing Alex and Marika back there uh, in the back. Again, hard to recognize you with the masks on, our missionaries to the Ohio State uh, campus, and they were in town for a wedding yesterday. So blessed to see you, and we just uh, want to include um, you in our prayer today. Uh, we just, we just um, are grateful for the ministry that you are doing. I know uh, with Kyle right here in the front row as well, ministry on college campuses has been incredibly challenging uh, in these last semester and over the summer, and will continue to be challenging into the fall. And we just, uh, we just are so excited for both of you, Kyle uh, Jones and your family, and Alex and Marika, as you uh, minister to our college students. Well, again, uh, we just want to invite you today to think deeply about, um, about fathers. And I say that, I say that um, as a father. And I'm, I'm guessing, uh, men, that, that you are like me, that um, it's really easy to think about all the things that you have done wrong, all the things that you haven't done. Probably um, the greatest challenges to our fathers is our own brokenness and humanity. That's why I love that song. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into that understanding of the fatherhood of God, who still considers us, men and women, his children, right? And though we might not have had a positive father experience, though we might not have been good, good fathers. We have a good, good father and our heavenly father. And it's never too late. It's never too late to um, have an incredibly happy childhood as a child of God. Amen? Are you following me? And so, so today we want to explore that together. We've been doing a series that we've been calling Unimaginable, and it's kind of exploring the nature and character of God, but it's been doing that through people's experience of it. Chad is so grateful for 
your leadership last week as you opened God's word to us. And Kyle, so grateful for your presence today and, and your insights into God's word. But we want to we wanna just remember that each and every one of us is first and foremost a child of God. And, and because we have Christ in us, his words to Jesus are his words to us, right? You are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. I love you, and I'm pleased. But God, no buts, no buts. You're created in his image. He adopted you through the blood of Christ into his own family. You are his precious child. We are grateful today for uh, the fathers in particular who... Um, have blessed us. We were struggling. Uh, we have so many different technical challenges in both live streaming, and, uh, and we're so grateful for your patience, those of you who are watching live streaming, but then integrating that here, and I think that we were not able to get the actual sound with the slideshow, and, uh, but I want to just take a moment and invite you to um, just pray over some, not all, but some of the fathers in our midst, and when the slideshow is done, then, then I will pray for us as well.
Keep watching even as I pray. God, thank you so much that you love us more than we could ever imagine. And thank you no matter what our experience with our earthly fathers or as earthly fathers has been. Jesus Christ has redeemed us. Jesus Christ has paid the price so that we might be called children of God. No matter what our scars, no matter what our bruises, no matter what our joys, no matter what our trials, God, you have redeemed us. You've called us by name, and we are yours. So, Father, as we sang earlier, we just, we just praise you. You are a good, good father. And though like our earthly fathers, we don't always understand your ways, we don't always understand your motivations. We don't always understand what you're doing on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. We declare, Father, that you are worthy of our trust. And so, God, I think of the men of our congregation. God, we live in a world that has, I'm going to use a strong word, that has emasculated men. We live in a world that has said men don't matter. And yet, Father, we see in case after case and situation situation, that when men do not embrace, God, your call on our lives, when we don't take responsibility for ourselves, when we don't take responsibility to protect, to love, and to cherish those around us, Father, then incrementally society breaks down, Father, and people turn from you. So in Jesus' name, this Father's Day, God, I cry out to you. Raise up men who will take responsibility for the people in their lives. Raise up men who will hunger, God, to be like you. Raise up men who will resist the temptation to just amuse themselves or, or to distract themselves. Raise up men who will feel the weight of the image of God that you have created us to represent. And then, God, I pray for not just our, our families, not just our city, not just even our country, but I pray, God, in this mystery that is so hard to understand, that you would allow us to embrace our true identity as men, yes, also as women here, God, to create families where Jesus Christ is lifted up, to create families where where the image of God is represented in both men and women and we're together in that unity of, of husband and wife, of father and mother, God. You renew the face of the earth. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God, that, that every human effort falls short, that you have created us to, to have to partner with you. So we embrace you as our father, we embrace you as creator. We embrace you as the one who, who forms our heart and transforms our heart. And we say to you, God, today, our lives are in your hands. 
how we worship you. We thank you for being with us this far. In Christ's precious name, amen. that we can run, no place that we can hide, no experience, God, that, that can take us out of your loving arms. In Jesus' name, God, we ask you to forgive us our sins.
All right. I'm going to take this mask off if that's okay. If not, my glasses will keep fogging and I won't be able to even read my own notes. So, um, well, um, I'm Kyle. For those of you who uh, don't don't know me, um, and so glad to be with you and honored to be with you this morning. And for Dave uh, to ask me to to fill in for him and join in the series. Um, it's just great to be with you all on Father's Day as a father myself, and just celebrate all of you who are fathers who are here and the impact that you have made, not only on your families but on your communities as 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 being fathers. And we need good fathers. And fortunately for us, as fathers, we also have a good father. Um, that we can look to and that we can turn to. Um, as we kind of get into the message for today, I have to admit, I'm pretty terrible at doing these messages that are like on holidays, um, like sticking to a theme like fathers or mothers or like the memorials or the, those kinds of things like that, because I tend to let the text just drive whatever I'm speaking on. And so there's probably not going to be a lot else about fathers specifically within my message today. I just want to warn you in advance and ask for your forgiveness in advance. Um, but what I have to share with you today I think is going to be applicable for everybody, um, including fathers. Because we're going to be talking about Abraham, who, as we know, is a father, right? And he is a father who had many sons and many sons had father Abraham. Okay. You know that you know that one? Yeah, so he is a father, and so we are going to be talking about him. But at this point in the story, he is not quite a father yet. Um, we're in a series called Unimaginable, as, as David mentioned. And the real thrust of this series is looking at how the God we worship is completely beyond us, beyond our expectation, beyond our comprehension, and that he is beyond us when it comes to not only his character, but also his plan for us. So in that way, he is truly unimaginable. And so as we jump into the story and look at this unimaginable God, pray with me. Well, Jesus, we come to you and we say that you are a God who is beyond us, and that is a good thing. Lord, we can trust you. You are just so much more than we could even imagine you are so much better than we can imagine. You are so much truer. You are so much more faithful. And Lord, that your plan is just so good if we will just lean into it. So Lord, as we open your word, as we seek to discern where you're moving and what you're speaking, Lord, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds, that you make us really ready to hear and receive and respond to your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, how many of you have ever grumbled to God that you don't know his plan or that you don't know the future? Okay, I see some hands. Yeah. Or how many of you have ever tried to barter with God to give you just a piece of the puzzle, just a hint of the future? Okay, probably all of us, right? And here's the question. Do we really want to know? Is it really going to help? Could knowing a little possibly make things worse? These are all the real questions we wrestle with because the future seems so daunting. 
So today I want to focus on a story from the life of Abraham and zero in on two things. One, God's unimaginable plan and promise carried out through time and space in the life and family of Abraham. And two, God's call to Abraham and to us to not trust ourselves or others, but to trust his story. So turn with me to Genesis 15. Now, as you're, as you're turning there, I just want to mention a few, few things. One is, I'm glad that Dave asked me to preach on this because it's something I've been studied, studying recently. And so a lot of what I have to share with you today comes from some of that study and leaning heavily on uh, two people especially. One is a friend of mine who's a campus minister. His name is Marty Solomon, and he's got a podcast called the Bema Discipleship Podcast. Really good stuff. Um, and also um, a theologian by the name of Ray Vanderlaan. Some of you may have, may have heard of him. So um, let's walk through this passage. Let, let's read it first, though. We're going to start just with one through six, and so it should be up on the screen as well. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offsprings be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Okay, famous passage, right? We're probably all somewhat familiar with this passage. We've read it before. It's just this great passage of promise. Very idealized when I have read this in the past. It's just a great passage. But let's, let's kind of zero in here on the conversation and what it's actually happening. Because we start this chapter off with the Lord appearing to Abraham and in a vision offering him these words of comfort, of promise, and a reminder that he should trust him. So how does Abram respond? Is it in full trusting mode? Or is he a little cranky? Maybe just a little bit angsty. You know what I mean? You've ever been there? Remember, God has already promised him that he would make him into a great nation in Genesis 12. Father Abraham had many sons, right? And Abraham still has zero children and is quite advanced in age, probably, you know, like in his 90s. So, you know, he's not exactly young for it. Abram's questioning this very great reward part. God says he's his very great reward, and Abram's questioning that. And he's probably a little annoyed, and he says, well, what do you mean by that, Lord? I have no children. And the heir to everything I have, he's not even in my family. Then look at verse 3, if it's up there. Go back to verse 3. He says at the very beginning, and Abram said, 
Look at the very beginning of verse 2. It also says, but Abram said. So between verses 2 and 3, does God respond to Abram? No. And so this is something that Abram has to repeat. He's a little bit annoyed. He says, all right, God, you've, you've said this, and I, I hear your promises, but I'm not seeing them. I don't, have a, I don't have any heirs. I don't have any children. God is silent. So Abraham says it again. Abraham says again, well, hey, Lord, seriously here, I hear what you're saying, but I have no children and a servant will be my heir. You ever been a little angsty and grumbly with God? How about when you don't understand His plan or you don't understand how His plan is being carried out? You ever get like that? Well, you're in good company because so does Abraham. But God doesn't say stay silent. After some time, He responds. He answers Abraham and gives him a beautiful and unimaginable promise. He says that his heir will be his own flesh and blood and that his descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. Amazing, right? Your descendants will be as many. Look up at the stars. If you can even count them, that's your descendants. Beautiful, amazing promise. And Abraham believes God, and it is credited to him as righteousness. He trusts the story. He trusts God. He trusts this God who has shown himself faithful throughout his own story and has been faithful in every story since the beginning of creation. The story doesn't end here, though. In fact, it is here where it starts for me to become even more unimaginable. In verse 7, the Lord makes another promise to Abram about the land he will possess. And Abram, who is trusting, but still a little angsty, just saying, he's still a little bit annoyed, says, well, how can this be true? How can this be true? In other words, Abraham wants God to prove it. He wants a sign. He wants a peek into the future. He wants God to give him some level of a proof of commitment that these things he's saying is true because he hasn't seen them yet. This sounds a lot like us, right? We hear God's promises. We believe God's promises. But we have trouble trusting God's promises as time carries on. The reality is that God has many reasons for not giving us the full picture of the future or even a few steps down the line. But one of those reasons is He knows we might just take the little information He gives and manage to mess the whole thing up. How do I know this? Because this is exactly what Abraham and Sarah do. Think about it this way. What is the next story in Genesis? Genesis chapter 16. The story of Abram, Sarah, and Hagar. Y'all remember that story? 
Remember, God tells Abram that his heir will be his own flesh and blood, but he doesn't specifically mention Sarah. They take this little information and they run away from the story. They try to take the story into their own hands and sin is the result. Abram stepped out of God's unimaginable story and began trusting himself rather than God and brokenness followed. How many times do we fall victim to the same thing? How many times do we begin trusting a different story? A story that is imaginable because it is of our own making. And the result is sin, brokenness, and a realization that we are on the wrong path. We must trust the story. God's plan is beautiful. It is unimaginable. But we must learn to wait on it, follow it, and fully trust it. You might be asking, but Kyle, how can I trust the story when I'm having trouble trusting God? Fair question. Let's finish the story. When Abram asks for some assurance of God's promises, God does something incredible and truly unimaginable. He forms a covenant. He tells Abram to get a heifer, a goat, a ram, a dove, and a young pigeon. Upon this request, Abram cuts them up and arranges them like he knows exactly what God is doing. God doesn't tell him to cut them, does he? Or arrange them. He just does it. He knows what God is about to do. And in fact, this is known in the ancient world as a blood path covenant. And the idea is, or the idea was that both parties would walk through the blood path. I know this is gruesome, sorry. They'd walk through the blood path, getting blood all over themselves, proclaiming, may the same happen to me if I ever break this covenant. Okay? They're walking through the blood and they're saying, if, this, if I break this covenant, may this same thing that happened to the animals, may they happen to me as well. Let's imagine this for just a second. Because in my estimation, at this point in the story, Abraham has bitten off more than he can chew. He has asked for assurance and God gives a covenant. And in this covenant, Abram must be completely faithful or face the same fate as those animals. He's in over his head and he knows it. He prepares it and then it says he... he we, all we know is that there's some matter of time that he waits. He doesn't do anything after he prepares it. And he waits long enough that... The birds of the air are coming down on the carcasses. I can imagine Abram realizing what he has just got himself into and being like, oh, snap. I just, in my moment of angst and grumbling, I have just led the God of the universe to make a covenant with me that there is no possible way I can keep. 
do I really want to make this covenant with him? He's just there. He knows he can't live up to it. He is in the hot seat now. My question is, is, have you ever been in the same place? Have you ever been in that same situation where you're a little bit cranky, you're a little bit angsty, you're grumbling, you're testing of God, only to realize His utter, utter goodness and faithfulness and your utter unfaithfulness? I know I have. But this is where the unimaginable God steps in. This is where, to me, this story blows my mind. He knows Abraham has bitten off more than he can chew. He realizes that Abram and any other human, for that matter, will never be able to live up to their end of the covenant. And so in his unimaginable love and character, he steps in. He places Abram in a deep sleep with thick darkness around him. And he passes through the blood path, not once, but twice in the form of a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch. Why twice? He passes once for himself, and he passes once for Abraham. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. He goes through for himself because God knows he's not going to be unfaithful to the covenant. But God also knows Abram will not be, cannot be. And he goes through for him saying to Abraham, I know you cannot live up to it, and that's okay, because the price that you have to pay for failing the covenant, I will pay for you. Think about that. If that's not a God that we can trust, I don't know what is. The God of the universe, the creator of all things, a God who is completely and utterly perfect and holy realizes that you and I will never be able to live up to it. Abraham will never be able to live up to it. And so he walks the blood path for Abram. Just think, a couple thousand years later after this story, God sends his son Jesus to make good on the terms. He walks the blood path. That's a God that's worthy of our trust. That's worthy of our worship. Any story that that God has for us, I want to trust it. And I want you to as well. Friends, we serve a God who is worthy of our love, our worship, and especially our trust. And He calls us to trust Him and trust His story even in the most trying of times. Think about our culture right now. We have question marks concerning the future as it pertains to COVID. We have question marks about our world that is on fire with social issues like racism and policing and joblessness 
gaps between rich and poor, I could keep going, etc., etc., right? And we have question marks about how all of these issues are going to not only affect our lives, but the lives of our families and our friends and our loved ones. It is incredibly easy in this time and season to lose hope or to place our trust in something or someone who isn't the sovereign king of the universe. And if we are honest, a lot of times that person that we put our trust in or put too much trust in is ourselves. Jesus is calling us to trust him. To trust him. And we have good reason to trust him. He's a God of unimaginable goodness, unimaginable faithfulness, unimaginable promise that he gives to his people. And so let's take steps in learning how we can trust this God. So in order to do this, you know, as we close, I kind of want to give us three challenges to help us trust in our unimaginable God. The first challenge is that we need to evaluate what are the imaginable or false stories we are trusting in instead of trusting God's story. So I challenge you this week to do this. Spend some time thinking, what are those false narratives, those false stories, those false people that I am placing my trust in instead of placing my trust wholly in God and his story for my life? Because I guarantee you, if you spend some time doing that, boom, things will start to pop into your head. Lord will reveal those things to you. Secondly, we need to spend some time this week in quiet listening, allowing the Lord to speak His unimaginable story over us. How many times when you're spending time with the Lord in prayer do you be quiet and just listen? Conversations are are two ways, right? They're back and forth. They're give and take. A lot of times when we pray, it's just a give. There's no take. We're not listening. Spend some time quietly listening and allowing God to speak His unimaginable story and promises over you. And, And lastly, thirdly, practice waiting patiently on the Lord. Oh my goodness, this is so hard for us, right? We live in a culture of immediacy. We like fast food. We like streaming on Netflix so we don't have to wait or watch commercials. We, we like to do everything in the now, in the moment. We like it immediately. And there's, some, there's, not, there's some good things about all of those things, but when it comes sometimes to our relationship with the Lord, and I myself have to regularly confess confess and repent of this, is when I start waiting too long, I start to go into problem-solving mode and I start to take over. I start to think, oh, well, uh, if I wait too much longer, something's going to fail. And so i got to solve this myself. But the Lord has been convicting me, especially in this season. Kyle, 
just wait on me. Be patient. So I encourage you to do that as well. In this season and every season, spend some time waiting on the Lord and wait patiently, even past the point where it starts to hurt. (laughs) Where you get past the point where you're like, if this doesn't happen, it's going to all fall apart. Keep waiting. I know it's hard. So this week, I challenge you to practice these things. Evaluate those false stories, those false narratives, those false trusts. Allow God to expose them to you. Two, spend time in just quiet listening, allowing the Lord to speak His story over you. And three, develop that habit of patient waiting on the Lord and His promises. If we can begin to practice these things, we will notice that the love and the goodness of our God and His unimaginable plan for us, we will notice them. They will become clear. Let us not be like Abram and his afraid and his angsty moments. Let us learn not the hard way, but let us learn to trust our God, our Father, our good, good Father, the one who walks the blood path on our behalf. Let's pray. Well, Father in Heaven, You are a good, good Father. You are so faithful and true. Lord, Your Word just speaks so highly of who You are and Your character and Your plan for us. Lord, You and the story that You have written throughout time and space is a good story worth trusting. Lord, the, the story that You have written over our lives is also a story worth trusting. Lord, forgive us for the times that we fail to trust. Forgive us for the times where we run ahead of Your promises. Forgive us for the times, Lord, where we seek to fulfill Your promises. Lord, and be reminding us this week, not only of Your good plan, but Lord, Your character. The character that is willing to make the covenant and accept the terms even on our behalf, even in the midst of our failure. And Father, I just pray for each of us as we seek to go out this week, as we seek to maybe walk these challenges out, I pray that You help us spend time listening and allowing You to speak to us. Help us to spend time evaluating the the false stories that we're leaning into and believing. And Lord, help us to spend time and develop habits of patient waiting on You. Lord, we know that You are trustworthy and true. We know that You are faithful and good. As we enter back into a song of worship. May those traits of yours be on our hearts and minds, and may we worship you with our whole hearts, our souls, our minds, and our full strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Oh, please be seated just for a moment. Is God good? It's hard with mask on, isn't it? Is God good? Yeah, yeah, he is. Just always doesn't seem like it at the time. Yesterday, one of our own had to entrust the body of her stepdaughter to the ground, 58-year-old stepdaughter to the ground. And in, in the celebration of her life and the celebration of her resurrection, we didn't see it coming, but the Lord did. We read these words, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined his ear to me. He heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and he set my feet on a rock, and he made my steps secure. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the one who makes the Lord his or her trust. He put a new song in my mouth. It's an old song for some of us, but can we do it one more time? God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you. Grant you today and every day his peace. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Just a couple of instructions as we depart. Um, people are coming from very different places here. And Thank you so much for loving each other by honoring each other in the midst of that. And to honor you, our plan for departure here is that we'll release you from the back. Carol will release you row by row. And we invite you, if you would, to make your way out to the parking lot. In the parking lot, whatever you are comfortable with, we just, um, we just celebrate that and and Kyle, if you are available, if someone would want to talk to you in the parking lot, if you could make yourself available in a socially appropriate way, we just appreciate that so much. I will make myself available there as well. We know these times are hard, but we know that God is good. And we will see with our eyes, we will one day understand why he entrusted these challenging times to us. The peace of Christ be with you. Lord bless you as you go from here. Would you wait for the ushers to dismiss you? I am blessed, I am called.